week two in the NFL and uh, we moved to the LA or the, the Rams, another encouraging performance from them in a, in a losing effort. And Colin, they went into San, they went to San Francisco. Sorry, I was going to say they went to San Francisco. It just felt like that because there's so many San Francisco fans in SoFi. It was actually a home game for the Rams. And that defense had bullied the Steelers the previous week. They certainly didn't have it their own way against LA. And um, Puka Nakua, again, that uh, fifth round rookie ride receiver, lights out for a second week in a row. Kyron Williams, another one who's standing up the, the, the running back in his second year. They have some kids here who are who are a little bit spicy and that that you know as you said uh, when we were talking earlier about Sean McVay he can coach and and he, he's getting results albeit not the not the W this weekend and um, they're not it seems destined for obscurity this season they've got uh, they've got something to say about their destiny yeah and it kudos to to him I mean I I certainly was somebody who didn't think they would be uh, like this uh, underestimated I suppose. McVeigh's appetite and he seems to have really been re-energized by the the kids and the entire franchise has and um you know the the Cooper Cup injury well that's how we really wondered um but yeah like we talked on the show on Thursday that these are two coaches who don't particularly like uh, one another and really go out of their way to outdo one another uh, it's you know I I think I uh, compared them to the movie Step Brothers and that is what this had the the feel of a, a little bit. Um, you know, the, the, given where the Rams are at, it's not surprising that ultimately they came up short. I mean, this is a 49ers team that, that is stacked. And, you know, they as long as Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy, because Brock Purdy had wobbly moments, but Christian McCaffrey, I think, is the key to this 49ers team being a juggernaut. I think if he isn't there, then it, they look like a very, very different uh, team uh, than they, they do. He is just, he's so gifted. Once you put the ball in, in his hands, whether it's out of the backfield, whether you line him up as a receiver, um, he terrifies de- defenses and rightly so, because he can tear you uh, uh, apart. So um, k- kudos to the Rams for, you know, being uh, much better than, than we expected. And to Sean McVeigh for doing more with less. And there are plenty of coaches around the league that could sit up and take notice. Brian, that, that 49ers offense, you know, as, as, as Colm said, super powered as it is. Christian McCaffrey, very much a difference maker. But Devo Samuel looks, looks to be back to some sort of approach in full power. And that's pretty scary to watch as well. Now, touchdowns reminds you of a couple of years ago when he was doing those very you know, tricky plays where he just can't seem to get him down. I know it's a short yards type of play, but it just, the craftiness of him to get through those three or four players, but there was a number of different plays throughout the course of the game. I did think that the 49ers defense on Sunday was there to be got at. Like, the Rams, we talked we talk about a young team, and the Rams did well offensively throughout the course of the game. And, you know, a number of, okay, there was a few interceptions in there by Matthew Stafford, but by and large, they put a really strong account to themselves. But this is why I was so high on the 49ers, because I really felt that party having come in mid, midpoint last season would have had a full off season to get his head around exactly the nature of what's expected of him and he's hit the ground running and all the players that maybe started slightly slowly last year as you said Debo Samuel Brandon Oyek and it'll, they're all firing guns blazing very early on in the season right now you, you, you'd be hard to go back against him being certainly back in the championship game on the, on, in terms of the manner they're playing and they will fight it out but that's the nature of this team as well that they, they come up against these sides this year that will give them a, a rough ride and they still find ways to navigate it and get the victory. So, 
really impressive for me. Just knowing the team right now. Their rivals in the West, of course, found a way to navigate tro- uh, a tricky enough fixture and get a victory as well. Seahawks under the evergreen P. Carroll proved us all wrong. Full house went uh, for Detroit. And uh, again, yet again, when we went full house, we were proven wrong. And Seahawks found that way to win. Called it out on the show. And like, P. Carroll's strike rate after a defeat, you know, 65, 63%. I think we, we rolled it back to 60, but it was in the round 63, 64. He just finds a way of, again, of just turning things around when people least expect it. And certainly didn't expect it. I mean, in fairness, there was, there was, you know, there was justified reasons for it. They were missing two offensive line guys. They put 30 points up on, on the Lions in the second half. Like, that's, that's staggering for a Lions State team. This is the line. As I suggested at the start of the season, like, don't get me wrong, great win in week one. But I, I, that's what I, I'd imagine we're going to see so many games, high scoring games, you know, whether they can come out the right side of them or Seattle. It's a, it's a huge win because. We touched on last week, you know, and we just touched on there how strong the 49ers are in the division. You couldn't be going 0 and 2 and then chasing, chasing your tail, trying to pull the two games back. And then essentially, we'd have to run the table against the 49ers to be back in a position to win the division. So, huge, huge victory. And for the Lions, maybe it slightly brings them back to where probably a lot of people maybe felt they should be as opposed to 2 0. And then the hype would have increased it because it's been there all off season. Yeah, that's true, Colin. The Lions don't look like running away with anything and the, the North kind of getting interesting as a division the NFC North now. Yeah, given, uh, I suppose, that all four teams uh, lost and, uh, you know, it, it does remain open in that the Packers, I think, are probably best placed and their game ultimately against the, the Falcons uh, was the one of the most intriguing of the entire weekend uh, because uh, there were various chess pieces. But I uh, that 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 public enemy song, "Welcome to the Terror Dome," that is the Falcons. The Falcons are they're terrifying. Like I mean, in, in all sorts of ways. Like Destin Ritter would terrify you if you were a Falcons fan. Watching him in that opening 15, he desperately tried to give the Packers the ball. He tried to give them the ball four times that they only took advantage of one of those. He kind of easily... It's not just the receivers who drop passes, yeah. Uh, indeed. Um, but but ultimately, Bijan, I mean, he is he is magnificent. Everything we those wanted... Are, those are violent cuts. Like, he... Just as breaking ankles left and right. There's one he took a took a toss from Ritter. He's maybe four yards behind the line of scrimmage. Packers linebacker has him lined up. Looks like all day long he's going to be dropped for a loss. He leaves him for dead and beats another three or four people to get the first down. He's ridiculous. And this is why we watch football because it is for the entertainment for the what is Bijan going to to do next? And you can feel the electricity when he gets the ball in his hands. It, my goodness, if the Falcons had a proper top-tier QB, uh, that they they are fascinating. And Arthur Smith uh, continues. I, I mean, I wonder if his, his willingness to go for it all the time is the fact that ultimately he is a billionaire, right? I mean, he's going to inherit his father's business. Um so he, it, none of this matters. I mean, he could walk away game t- tomorrow. And we talk about Tom Brady's big contract and we talk about Sean McVay could make X amount if he went into television. Nobody has as much money as Arthur Smith. He loses nothing. This is this is all kind of just like playing Madden essentially to him. 
Brian, this this was, as Colin said, a very intriguing game. The Falcons piled up a lot of yards. They're they're quite a they're they're a fun team to watch, but they're very inefficient. Like they outgained the Packers four hundred and forty six yards to two hundred and twenty four yards. And Packers on the on the other hand, Jordan Love only passed for one hundred and fifty one yards. But that included three touchdowns. The Falcons are like you know a, a a boxer who wears you down with body shots. They don't necessarily throw haymakers, but they just seem to tire out that Packers defense and finally get up, find a way to get over them. They did, and it's quite evident that, like last year, we spoke about Kyle Pitts and Shaq London, but we're seeing other players getting in on the action there. You got Matt Collins, who was a, I thought was obviously a nice little signing to come over from the Raiders, and they, they're spreading the ball around the field. The other right end got a lot of action. So we're keeping it. Yeah, yeah, very good, very strong game, and um, nice pickup in the in the off season, and then Greg London gets his touchdown. Like Bijan doesn't even score on, on, on Sunday. We have the, right, we talk, we read off the plays and the yards, but he didn't score. The other guys were the ones with all the touchdowns and. The Falcons are maturing as a team because last year that's the type of game they dealt with. That's been fair. They've, we've seen it before with the Falcons. They find ways to lose those type of games. And to be down by 12 points against a Packers team that were, were rolling at that stage and looked like they were going to move to 2 0, come back sensible, take field goals, we'll, we'll wait for another day, get the ball back, drive down and themselves in a position to win. It's a team that is going in the right direction. And we talked about the divisions. The North, wherever the South, the street teams are two and zero in that division. We wouldn't have thought that at the start of the season, so they got to keep winning because the other teams are likely to keep winning in that division right now. Uh, Brandon, what we've seen over the first few weeks, but certainly impressed the Falcons so far. I did select them. I think we all select them to win that game, but I think they've matured as a team a lot quicker than I thought. I thought to be really enjoyable to watch, and that is the case. But I don't. I thought to be coming out the wrong side of certain results, in particular on Sunday, how they navigate that win and it looked like they were gone. Colin, we talked at the start of the season about how the Buffalo Bills had kind of gone below the radar and that might just suit them. Like, obviously, they were involved in the high-profile Monday night game against the Jets and that walk-off uh, punt return that, that that ends the game and wins it uh, wins it for the Jets, ultimately. But they bounced back, blowout win in the end, and definitely after the question marks that were over them last week, they seem to be headed in, in what looks like the right direction. Yeah, well, they, I mean, Josh Allen, it was groove is in the heart because he was everything you wanted, right? He he played the sort of game he needed after last week. There were there are a couple of mad moments, but there'll always be a couple of mad moments. But there was nothing in comparison to turning the ball over. Yeah, we saw a crazy hurdle at him. Um, but I thought they were uh, really fantastic against a terrible Raiders team. I mean, the Raiders wish they could play the Broncos every week, ultimately. Um you know, and Josh Jacobs, uh, you know, setting records. We talked earlier about the, the Steelers and, and negative yards. Uh, how long, how many attempts do we think Josh Jacobs would have had to have on Sunday to end up getting into positive yards? Uh, Josh McDaniels got a reprieve against a bad Broncos team. Going to be a long season for the Raiders. And again, Brian, with the Bills, you're probably at best going to break even with those high-profile games. You know, there, there's a lot of sharks in the in the AFC. The Bills take care of business against the teams they need to beat. That's what has got them where they have been over the last couple of years, and that was very much an app. Yeah, I agree, Phil. That's like you look at the records over the past three to four years. You know, when we do originally like the twelve to four type win team, you know, win season, move to seventeen games or winning fourteen games. Like the, it's very rare you see them. When I, I can only think of a couple. Maybe a Jags a couple of years ago where they just had a very off day and lost with a Jags stage. The team at that stage was was quite poor under the, the previous head coach. But uh, yeah, they take care of business these guys. In particular, at home, if you 
if you rerun the results from which they've had at home against the lesser sides, like they're very dominant. Um, the Raiders tried to hang with them early on, but it was very, um, and, and Alan, like, like with the Falcons, touchdowns across the board and suddenly everybody getting in on the action. That's what you want from this offense. You want to see all these players. Still concerned about the run game, although Cook looks like he started to mature from the, the player which was drafted last year, it's Alvin's brother. Um, he looks like he's, you know, lightning in a bottle. And I think he could be ultimately the man that takes them forward from the running back perspective. It's always been a concern with Josh Allen's not doing it in the run game. They didn't really have anything. It was a backup, but um, certainly a great result to bounce back. Interesting when it's on the front.